a listener production. <clears throat> Take it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. Just the gist, live! Welcome! Hello, that's enthusiasm. This is our wow. last show Yay. in LA. For a while. For a while. We'll, we'll be, be back. back, yes, for sure. Yeah, because these have been like a dog's breakfast experiment <laughs> and we're going to come back with a Celine Dion-esque extravaganza mm. for you. You know how polished we like to be, yeah. always. Yeah. So we thank you for being here for these first four, like, you know. Experiments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've loved it. Mm. Welcome to Just the Just Live. Yes. Ah! You are our guinea pigs. <laughs> the final batch for this Totally tour. worth the money. Mm-hmm. So how should we, should we explain how this is going to go a little? Yes, quick rundown. This is like two stories for the price of one. Rather than just tell you one story, we're going to give you like the gist of a gist oh, of two stories. Oh, hand? Desperate for sponsorship? Me? <laughs> Desperate for freebies? Moi? <laughs> Please. Still hasn't happened though. Yeah. Still Mother waiting on that. Efforts. So, so many of you tag them and me. Are you laughing because you've done this? Yes. Okay. So everybody who buys Bird in Hand now who listens to Just the Gist tags me, tags Bird in Hand and says, I'm buying this because of Rosie Waterland. And I was like, yes, they're going to send me free wine. <laughs> they haven't. And then I got a message from them like a month ago saying, hey, people keep tagging us with you. Oh, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'm sorry. Fine. You fine. just threw me under the bus for a joke. <laughs> but let me tell you that while we were backstage, he said, only pour me the tiniest bit because I've got two beers hidden behind the couch. I'm sorry, my friend. I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> You can't out-comedy me. Just thought you'd be a little more generous than that, but that's fine. It's you fine. said, give me a little because I want to get yeah. to my beers and you don't want to admit that you actually don't like Bird in Hand very much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to damage our chances anyway, of sponsorship. So they messaged me and they said, hey, we keep getting tagged with you. Um, I guess we should listen to your podcast. And I was like, oh, here is an exact list of every episode and every time code in which you've been mentioned. <laughs> Still no free crates of wine. <laughs> what? We feel like maybe they listened and they don't really want to be associated yeah. with us. <laughs> so now we're offended. However, it's now kind of indelible because we will keep bringing them up. <laughs> yes, they're attached to us whether they like it or not. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So how will today go a little? Oh, yes. So we'll just do two stories. They'll be truncated. Gist of a gist what of a gist. Truncated, Mr. Like Shorter fancy than university encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> what does truncated mean? Shortened. I studied Condensed. writing at university, everyone. <laughs> I've published two books and I what does that shortened? Yes. Why didn't you just say that? They're, okay. Yep. <laughs> Look how impressed they were though at my vocabulary. Truncated, la-di-da. <laughs> 
Yeah, a little bit shorter than normal. Yeah, because um, we've got to fit two stories into this time. Yeah. So So I will be going first, but before I start my story, I'm pretty sure that you want to dive into some... Well, I know you want me to go to a little something called breaking news. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like before we do that, I need to mention that friend of the show, friend of my vagina, <laughs> Mr. Caleb Bond, oh. is in the audience tonight. <laughs> I really wish I could see where he was. We can't see a thing. No. We can see the six of you in the front and we mm. cannot see any other person. Give us a shout out, Caleb. Hi. Right <laughs> up the back here. Yes, my young fogies in the crowd wearing his um, Ralph Lauren long sleeve polo shirt and beige pants. Tucked in. Are you in the beige pants? I can't remember. I just assume. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Smart, polished belt. Very smart, polished belt. Mm. Um, we, <laughs> Caleb was working last night, so he couldn't come. This is the first night he's seeing this, and he's got a few friends here who um, said they were dying for us to make fun of him on stage. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, and look, let's get down and dirty two minutes into the show, shall we? <laughs> His friends are like, yeah, do it. <laughs> mm. So the last, well, Caleb says that he fell in love with me when he saw me performing my show on stage at Adelaide Fringe last year, my solo show. He was in love with me well before <laughs> that, let me tell you. Did anyone see that? Huh? Did anyone see that? That was not a romantic show. <laughs> he was looking at a woman in, at the peak of her skill and power. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it was right here in this very room. Anyway. I tell, there's a very funny bit in that show about how I never give head jobs because head jobs are disgusting. <laughs> and after the show, Caleb was like, lol, but you give me head jobs. Okay, spoiler, this is because we were just first dating. And for the first couple of months, I threw a few out there. <laughs> just because, like, hook them in. Get, <laughs> like, lock them down. And um, I guess what I'm trying to say is he hasn't had one in about a year, so too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Tricked ya. (laughs) (laughs) And now I poop with the door open, so. (laughs) Guys, is that enough? That's enough. Okay. <laughs> I think more's going to end up peppered in throughout think, the night, well, but we'll see how we well, go. Well, that's, that's enough Caleb focus content yeah. for now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first up is the thing that quite a few people leave in our comments and um, email us and leave in the Apple podcast reviews that they hate this. And I say, get lost, Karens. It's the best. We are about to do breaking news. Yeah. So... Anyone in this room who is one of the many, 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 many people who have commented about how much they hate this? <laughs> Any of you? I. She loves it. You hate it. You're with him. He hates it. Do you hate the concept of the breaking news or do you hate the song itself? Right, okay, everyone, as loud and proud as you can for this lady in the front, ready.
Karen. <laughs> no, I love you. You you seem lovely. We'll leave you alone from now on. Wow. You seem lovely and like you have terrible taste in <laughs> what is a funny thing. So here we go. Breaking news. I thought I'd just give you a little bit of some highlights on topics we've talked about in the past. Although I will say a couple of things did actually break today that I do really want to talk about. Oh. So there's a documentary coming out about Brittany Murphy mm. and her mysterious death. I think her mum did it. Ooh. Mm. Legit. I mean, uh, what's the word? Allegedly. 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 Mm. I was about to say logistically. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yesterday, um, the documentary came out on Netflix about the college admission scandal. Has anyone already watched it? Yeah, I watched it while I was doing my makeup. I've got like 15 minutes to go. It has really cheesy reenactments, but I liked it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. They did the perfect thing where they um, had footage of all these kids who, like, seemed a little bit disadvantaged, like, logging into the, I guess, how do we log in to see when we get into uni? God, it was a long time ago for us. But the website you go to where they're like, you Mm -hmm. got accepted into uni. And they had all these footage of all these kids who were hoping to get into, like, Stanford and, and they didn't get in and they cried. And then they immediately cut that with, but the kids who got in deserved it right and then went to a shot of Laurie Lachlan's daughter <laughs> doing a makeup tutorial. And I was like, I love this so much. So it's a great documentary. It's on Netflix. But that's the only break and break news I have. Uh-huh. Breaking news of stuff we've done. Anna Delvey. Yes, right? People don't know how to respond because they're like, I love her, but she's terrible. Yeah. But I love her. <laughs> Look, she's great entertainment value, to be honest. So since she's gotten out of prison for rotting a lot of people out of a lot of money, she's leaned into being a sociopath. She's literally said, when people call me a sociopath, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I love you, bitch. Um, so she, uh, a lot of people wanted to make the TV show of her story um, one is being made by Lena Dunham, so it's probably not going to be that great. The other <laughs> one is being made by Netflix. Oh. <laughs> we liked her 10 years ago, but she's become pretty problematic. We all know that's true. And so um, the other one is being made by Netflix and Shonda Rhimes, who does Grey's Anatomy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had to pay Anna Delvey $320,000 for the rights to her story. Mm-hmm. But the court said, well, we have to freeze that money until you pay back all the people that you owe money to, mm-hmm. but she only owed $170,000. So, like, um, with maths, mm-hmm. that is, like, how much does she get in the end? <laughs> a bit, like, she gets a bit. She still gets a bit. A solid 150k. Yeah. yeah. So she gave the money she owed and mm. still had a big chunk left over. And so she's hired, like, her own film crew to follow her around to make, like, a documentary. Um, and she's writing a book, apparently, and I love her. She puts all these samples of her writing on her website and she says things like, lol, some of the greatest memoirists in history can't do what I just did in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, she truly does believe. Like, I have the worst imposter syndrome and self-esteem, like, to have that level of self-belief, I'm mm. like, oh, I admire it almost. Mm. To go through life thinking you're just flawless and brilliant. Kanye-level self-esteem. Yes. Yeah. I would have taken over the world by now, but I hate myself, so I never <laughs> get that far. Um, Thank God. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I might be like a diabolical dictator. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um 
She was on um, BBC Newsnight doing an interview Mm. and it's the first time I've ever heard her talk. Like I did this whole episode on her, I read a bunch of books, listened to everything, watched everything and this was the first time I'd ever seen her talk and she has a very like um, sort of nondescript European because she's German but also she says she's Russian but she's not. She Mm -hmm. kind of sounds German and she was just – they were asking her about like how did you get people to give you money and she just said, well – you know, I, I never lied to anyone. I just think, you know, my ideas were legitimate. I, I really did think that I was going to create this foundation. And um, I think they gave me money because they saw how talented I was. <laughs> and this BBC reporter's like, hmm. <laughs> and then at the end, and this is the part of the interview I loved the most, the BBC reporter said to her, so does crime pay? And Anna Delvey looked dead into the camera and she went, in a way, it did. <laughs> and she's right. She's right. <laughs> I love her. Like, I mean, I hate her, but I love her mm-hmm. for entertainment value. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I will illegally download any and all things to do with her. I'm not going to give her money and buy her book. So, like, <laughs> okay, yeah. That's right? where the line is for you. But right. I want to read it. Mm-hmm. But I'll illegally download it. Fair enough. Yes. Okay. Um, next, She's got principles. I've got principles. <laughs> well, it's like I was all about pirating shit for a long time. Like I really, I was one of the people, I don't know if you remember this, but back when pirating like became really accessible to everyone and then our like um, federal police force said, we are cracking down on people who just downloaded Dallas Buyers Club and if you illegally pirated that, you're going to get a knock on your door. Mm. And this was back in like 2015. And Mm. I had illegally pirated that. And every day I was like, they're coming for me. I'm (laughs) f***ed. Like, I really thought I was f***ed. But then I published my first book and I got, like, it it popped up on Pirate Bay. Mm. The, like, version of my book popped up on Pirate Bay and you could download it illegally. And I was like, you criminal f***ers. <laughs> I was furious. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, if it directly affects me, I care about it. Mm. Mm, I'm mm-hmm. a terrible person. <laughs> anyway, next up on the list, um, Elizabeth Holmes, founder of Theranos, mm-hmm. taker of people's blood, mm-hmm. liar about medical miracles, prego. She's prego. <laughs> I know. And... She's planned it perfectly, Mm. I think. She's brilliantly diabolical because she was meant to have the trial about what she did with Theranos last year, but COVID happened, so they kept postponing it. And then her trial was scheduled for July of this year and last week her lawyer went to the judge and said, whoops, she's due to give birth to a baby that day. (laughs) (laughs) And the judge was like, "Mm, okay... Um, And so the judge, to be like, to give him credit, said, I'm not letting her get away with this. I will give her six weeks reprieve. So she's going to give birth, she's going to have six weeks, and then she's got to turn up to her trial (laughs) in, I guess, it'll be August-ish. And I sort of think she's planned it and it's going to be like, 
You know that end scene in Titanic where Billy Zane just picks up that random kid and he's like, she's all I have in the world. <laughs> she needs me. I, and she's going to turn up with a baby mm. and she's going to get away with it, I mm. think. And she's going to just act like it happened by accident. Oh, whoops. Whoopsie. Oh, I know it seems really convenient that I conceived right yes. at this and time. and I'm married to a billionaire, so I couldn't possibly have engineered this in this way. <laughs> like, and so, I mean, you know, she's a rich white lady She's charged with a white-collar crime, which mm. generally they don't get in that much trouble, and she's going to turn up as a new mother who just pushed a baby out of her vag. Mm. I reckon she's going to get away with it. Mm. Well, I reckon, based on her track record, she's faking this pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's had to submit any blood test it's results. It's a Beyonce-level be fake stomach. Yes, that's what it's going to escalate to, I'm mm. sure. Yes, this is the way that she operates. She just keeps the lie going until yes. finally it's too late and the she does get caught out. The ultimate scammer. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Yep. By the way, everyone go and Google Molly Meldrum, Beyonce, fake pregnancy interview. Remember that? Look, look, <laughs> I got sucked in by that for a while mm. because she sits down, Beyonce sits down in the chair and her stomach just folds in on itself like it's a pillow. But also I will say... I am a girl with substantial stomach and also a bit of fupa, fat upper pussy area. So when I sit down, things fold into things. I don't even know what the fuck is going on. And so it would be very easy for someone to look at footage of me sitting in a chair and seeing a whole bunch of things going on beneath my skirt. I mean, you don't know. It's like I can just press it in like that and it's like fake pregnancy. So all I'm saying is you don't know what's going on with a woman's abdominal area. Mm. I think Beyonce was legitimately pregnant, Mm -hmm. but look up the footage and decide for yourself. (laughs) Um, Oh, Jesus, where were we? I just started getting real personal about my fupa. (laughs) Um, Oh, Agafia. Agafia. Agafia Agafia like of, Uh, yes. The one we, Jacob just did just the gist on, the old Mm -hmm. Russian lady. Finally moved into her new house last week. Yes. Yes. So this Russian nameless billionaire came oh, in. Oh, no, they know who he is. Well, yeah. I mean, like, nameless Oh, you don't me. know him. That's fine. Yeah. Um, came in and because her house, her little log cabin in the middle of nowhere was falling apart, he rebuilt one mm-hmm. but with, like, secret, you know, amenities like central heating and things that they just toilet. didn't. Yeah, she didn't tell her toilet. about toilet flushes. She thinks it's the devil, but whatever. <laughs> and um, they just basically took her from that old cabin that was built in, what, 45 and 55? 38. 38. Yep. And moved her into this replica and they got in some priests. Some mm-hmm. The old believers, the Russian Orthodox yeah. guys came in, turned it into a sacred Dressed space. Dressed like um, Moira Rose at the wedding mm-hmm. of in Schitt's yep. Creek. And it was such a photo op. You yeah, know how really Agafia loves so a photo op. Yeah. And so the Russian priests blessed mm-hmm. it and yep. she seems happy. And they came and they went and no one tried to rape or molest her. <gasps> Hooray! Miracles do oh my happen. God. When men do the bare minimum, we applaud them. <laughs> Yay! So she's doing great. Mm-hmm. And this is the final one. Everybody asks us about this. And I have Googled it and Googled it and Googled it and tried to keep track. I've looked at it over the last year, but it seems like pretty much since we talked about it, that was the last time it was in the news. I have no update for you on whether the guy with the penis on his arm (laughs) has had the penis attached to the groin area. 
So I tried to find it. I couldn't. There'd be no updates. I also would very much like to give you a visual because like when we're talking, (laughs) (laughs) calm down. I'm sitting here with a microphone and a glass of wine. How realistic do you think this is going to be? So when we do it on the podcast, we tried to explain what his sitch was Mm. and it was very difficult to kind of explain it. But now that you're all here, I can say he had an accident or his penis, he had like what, a infection. Sepsis. His, His penis basically went black and fell off. And so then they grafted a bunch of skin like from his inner thigh and other places, made a penis... But in order for all the nerve endings to, like, grow and connect and all the stuff inside, they were like, we need to give it time, about a year at least, to grow and, like, turn into a penis. (laughs) And we need it to be attached to the body in some place to have blood flow. So they literally, if you hang your arm up like this, they sewed the penis hanging down. (laughs) Hanging like this. And he walked around with that. I can see the, the, uh, someone who works here at the back going, what? <laughs> like, I've never seen you more interested in this show than what you were in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Excuse me? Yes. So they sewed it there, let it hang, and his job was to just let life and science do its thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after two years when the penis had fully grown and all the connections had formed and all the blood vessels had connected, they were going to take it off the arm, put it there, COVID happened, no elective surgeries. They were like, soz, just keep walking around with it. (laughs) So he was wearing, like, oversized sweaters and stuff, but then I think he got sick of it and he was like, I'm going to the press because I need to get this dick put in my dick place. <laughs> and so he literally took all these photos and he's like, ha like he doesn't look sad. Oh no, he's thrilled with it because it's two inches longer yeah, than the original bigger, one that he had. bigger than the first one. Yeah. Bigger than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great conversation starter. He calls it Jimmy. I yeah. think it's going to be a real shame when he does yeah. actually I mean, I think the porn opportunities. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, look, we're all laughing, but you'd click on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you'd want to see. You'd want to see that. Is this the show the 12 year old was coming to? I don't oh, know. yeah. Someone messaged us about a 12. Uh oh. Oh, we promised you it was appropriate, and this was completely unplanned. Oh, God. Okay. But this is, this is the worst it will get. This is the worst it will get. Um, yeah, we didn't go into this much detail any other night, and of course we did it. Yeah. <laughs> when a 12 year old. But you know what? It is a story about the miracle of science. Mm-hmm. Look at what science and the medical industry can do. How mm-hmm. amazing. It's remarkable. So yes. we have looked for an update and as soon as I know that it's gone from the arm to the groin, I will let you know. Yeah. Because we're all, yeah, we want to, and I just, I'd like to know how operational it is. You know how it's going to work, right? Yes. No, I so, know. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Oh, well, wait. There's like hydraulics involved and we'll have to like squeeze a sack to but, fill it. But, With water. Better than nothing. Yes, yes. Better than nothing. Mm. Okay. So, that was totally appropriate for a 12-year-old. Breaking <laughs> news. That was great. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We forgot. <gasps> Very good. All right. Well, it's I'm going to sit back and chillax. Enjoy the story. Because it's time for your story. <gasps> yes. And the only minor bit I know about this is you sent me, 
what you were going to do and I was like, I have not heard of this. I do not understand it. It sounds like young nonsense Mm -hmm. and that's all I really know. Yeah. This has been my experience. Not enough people know about this story and I'm sick of it. So I have to share it with you. (laughs) Are any of you familiar with the name Paul Zimmer? Give me a little woo if that rings a bell. How about Troy Becker? Mm? Oh, you're going to love this. Because <laughs> this is a scammer story and you know how we love scammer stories on Just we the Gist. We love the scammers. Yes. So Paul Zimmer became sort of internet famous in 2014. He was 19 years old at the time and he started up a YouTube channel with his best friend, Danny. They called it exclamation point, not to be confused with exclamation pork, which is proprietary to us. Trademark, copyright. As of last week. Um, And... These two kids, they made these sort of dorky, dweeby videos. Oh, we've lost one. Oh, and it's the only straight man in the room. (laughs) We've lost him. Okay. Come back soon. (laughs) Periods, vaginas, (laughs) tampons. Oh, he's gone. He's out. We'll see if he makes it back. These two kids... I call them kids, they're grown men, they're both 19 years old, but they were making these really daggy sort of videos and because they looked and acted like they were 13, they really appealed to a very young demographic. They developed this following of mostly girls who were between the ages of 8 and 13. Um, And, you know, they were kind of cute, kind of good-looking. The girls really responded to both of them, but they really, really, really started to fall in love with Paul because he was just so pretty and so sexy and they kept telling him how in love they were with him. They started writing fan fiction about him and so his ego just continued to flourish and thrive to the point that he decided... I'm going to ditch my dorky, dweeby pal, Danny, and I'm going to rebrand myself as sexy, seductive, sultry Paul. And he went out on his own. He focused mostly on the app that was really huge at the time. You might remember Musical.ly. Yes. Before TikTok, there was Musical.ly, and Musical.ly really was designed just for children to upload videos of themselves lip syncing to their favourite songs problematic in several ways, including the fact that you can then end up with someone like Paul Zimmer, who was 21 years old at the time, posting these videos, which were best described as thirst traps for tweens. Because he really did smolder in all of the videos that he'd put up there. and he'd But constantly- in a way that... 12-year-old and 13-year-old girls yes, would love. Yes, yes. And he looked young, he acted young, and the girls did just love the way that he'd bite his lip (laughs) while he'd be looking into the camera and he'd touch his hair and look up. And inevitably, in all of the videos, at some point, he would either lift up his shirt or he'd unbutton his shirt or he'd just rip his shirt off and show off his torso. That was the moneymaker. That's what the girls were really coming to see. I would have been into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, look, I'm saying back in the day, I was Backstreet Boys, tragic. Mm -hmm. Nick Carter was my one true love. And if I had had direct access to him like that Mm -hmm. all the time, like I literally had to wait for like Rage on the weekend, video hits on the weekend or like maybe see him in TV hits magazine Mm. or Dolly, Mm -hmm. that was it. Mm -hmm. Like, And so if I could just open up a device, we didn't have phones like that back then, and there was just videos of him all the time, Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. thanks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would have been into that. Yeah, so lots of 
girls getting tingles in places while they're watching yeah. these videos of him. He did have that real boy band aesthetic mm. that a lot of us fell for back in our youth. Um, the big hair, the really full lips. Um, he had that kind of androgynous look about him as well. Very, very, very pretty. There is... To, sorry, Rosie interrupt us again. There's a thing now on TikTok because my nephew Muhammad's on TikTok all the time. So I watch a lot of this crap and there's this trend now with, um, well, I'm assuming they're young boys, although now you're telling me that they're 21-year-olds mm-hmm. faking it. But there's this trend and I don't know if you guys, like maybe some of you have kids and you've seen it, but um, of teenage boys... And they do reaction videos and the whole point of the TikTok video is they're pretending to see their girlfriend in her prom dress for the first time. <laughs> and so a boy will turn around, he'll like, he'll be like this and then he'll, and he'll cry, like he'll be so moved by her beauty. And so, and these cute teenage boys look into the camera and go, she's so You look so beautiful. (laughs) And then he gets the corsage and he's like, this is just not even worth how beautiful you are. And all these teenage girls watch these videos of just cute boys and they're like, I hope one day my boyfriend reacts like that when he sees me (laughs) in my formal dress for my thing. Like that's, that's, and so this is the kind of stuff he was doing, but he sort of clocked onto it five years ago or whatever. Like, yeah. 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 He was selling a different type of fantasy, but it is the fantasy. The girls are watching the videos and it's like, he's This could be my boyfriend. Yeah. Even though he has no talent whatsoever, he can't even dance. He's just mouthing the words to a song. Yeah. That he did not write and has nothing to do Mm -hmm, with. mm -hmm, Anyway, mm -hmm. 7 million people were following him. He was the number one muser on Musical.ly. He became like the top of the game there. I've seen a bunch of these videos and you can see his face continue to evolve as he starts to get more and more vain as he picks up more and more followers. So he gets the chin done, he gets the nose done, he gets the cheek done bit by bit. And obviously that costs a lot of money and he wasn't actually making any money from Musical.ly and he also didn't have a job. Um, So lucky for him, Musical.ly came up with this clever scheme where they launched a sister app called Lively. And on Lively, if you were a muser, you could stream live to your fan base, which, you know, we have that now on Instagram Live. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing that made Lively unique was you could actually give a cash tip to the muses that you were watching. So he would spend eight hours a day to 10 hours encouraging these young girls to give him their parents' money. And gross already just doing that, saying, hey, give me those coins, give me those coins, thank you for the coins. Which you need, what, like a credit card? Yeah. Oh, so they're like... Taken mum's credit card. Yes. Yep, okay. Taken mum's visa, pre-purchased some of these coins that they can then throw at Paul digitally Uh like he's a drag queen or a stripper on a stage. Yeah. And he accepted them and then he decided, I want more. So to drive up the demand for his content, he started telling people, if you give me this number of coins, I'll send you a personalised DM. (gasps) And if you send me this number of coins... I'll do a shout out to you in a video. And then the big ticket item was I will do a duet with oh. you for this amount oh. of points. Oh, with Nick Carter. Mm-hmm. If this had been available to us, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I don't want to give away my age here, but when Nick Carter and the Backstreet Boys were a big deal, 
I went to a high school that had one computer with the internet in the whole high school Mm -hmm. and you had to pay a dollar to use it for 20 (laughs) minutes. And so literally you would get on there at lunchtime and your picture of the Backstreet Boys would only have finished, like bar by bar, (laughs) loading, (laughs) loading, loading. It wouldn't even be halfway through before the 20 minutes was up. And then forget sending it to the printer mm. that was still printing out paper with the um, bit with the holes on the side. <laughs> like, so you cannot even, it's so hard to describe to kids now, like, if we had had that kind of access then mm-hmm. and my alcoholic mother who had no idea where her credit card was half the time, I would have been on that. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, Nick, here's everything I have. Fly to Sydney and... <laughs> Kiss me. Like, oh, my goodness. Yes, and I wouldn't have been above it either. I'm going to age myself now and say I would have done the same thing for Jason Orange from Take That. Um, Anyone else? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, mm. yes. A lot of girls masturbated to him. You could tell by that awkward <laughs> laugh. <laughs> you gave yourselves away, ladies. <laughs> Um, so he was making all these promises to all these kids, mostly young girls, and accepting the money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and not <gasps> that thinking, much. Yeah, he wasn't thinking about the fact that at some point he might actually have to follow through on those promises and actually send the DMs and actually oh, so do the duets. He wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing any what of a it. Dick. I oh, know. The heartbreak. Yes. These kids were crushed, very disappointed in this guy who was their hero and their idol. Um, Their hero. Mm. (laughs) Well, their... Their thirst trap. Lust (laughs) object. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they started posting about how disappointed they were. Also, their parents were outraged. So they started posting about how furious they were that this guy was scamming their children and taking their money. Collectively, they started up a campaign to get him thrown off all the platforms and started up a hashtag ban Paul Zimmer. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he's 22 years old. He could have taken a look at the situation and said, all right, I'm at the top of the Musical.ly game. I want to stay here. I have to make this right somehow. So why don't I go ahead and apologise, give people their money back. Or just do what you said. Deliver on the promises, even just some of them. Yeah. He did none of those things. Instead, he just vanished completely, deleted everything from all of his social profiles and just went silent. So there was a bit of fury about it, but of course the world just moved on. This was 2017. People forgot about him. And at that time, that was the perfect opportunity for him to just find a new career, Mm. go and get a job at Sephora. He's very pretty. (laughs) He wears a lot of highlighter. He fills in his brows perfectly. He actually would have been really great in that environment. He could Mm. have thrived. But no, he missed the fame. So he spent two years coming up with the plan that I'm about to describe to you where he would come back (laughs) with a shiny new identity free of all of the dirt that was attached to the Paul Zimmer identity, but still keep all of the fans. And he launched this plan with phase one in October of 2019. And this came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, this dormant Instagram account of Paul Zimmer's posted an image that was a side-by-side of two photos of Paul Zimmer. One of the photos had been labeled Paul, the other one had been labeled Troy. And when you read the caption, it said, oh, my God, you guys, I don't even post on social media anymore, but I just had to share this with you because this actor kid, Troy Becker, is like a younger, sexier (laughs) version of me. Can you believe it? Lol, smiley, laugh, cry emoji. He posted that up and the response immediately was sort of, 
is this is this a gag? Yeah, he's like, not known for can his you sense just of do humor. my duet with yes, me? That was the, yeah. Most of the comments were like, "Where's my DM?" Yeah, it's been two years. I'm waiting. So people just straight away started calling him out and clapping back. So just hold on. He put up a photo of himself next to a photo of himself, mm-hmm. just in a different outfit, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, this young kid looks like me." Younger, sexier version ah, of me. Okay, mm. yeah. Uh-huh. The only difference between the two of them really was the fact that he'd gone to the effort of growing out a bit of stubble for the Paul oh, photo right. so that he looked older than sure. the younger, sexier Troy. Then next stage of the plan was on TikTok. He rebooted the dormant TikTok account of Paul Zimmer and posted a video taken in selfie mode of himself, of course, heavily filtered, saying, hi, guys, my name's Troy Becker. Paul Zimmer reached out to me and asked me to make this video saying hi to you all because he thinks we really, really look alike. He wants to post it to something called TikTok. Nice to meet you all. So he's trying to pass himself off. Okay, wait. And how old is he saying Troy Becker is? This he doesn't reveal until he moves into the second phase of Uh the plan. So he believed at this point that he'd successfully convinced the world that Paul and Troy were two totally different people. (laughs) He did not listen to the feedback coming through in the comments saying, (laughs) we don't buy this at all. This is a very lame attempt at a joke. People didn't realise quite what he was trying to pull. They didn't realise it was a scam until he launched phase two. Phase two was a post on Instagram as Paul Zimmer saying, guys, I've made a decision. I'm going to step away from social media. It doesn't fulfil me anymore. But I've decided I don't want my accounts to just sit dormant. So I'm going to hand over ownership of all of my social media accounts to this actor kid, Troy Becker, because he could really use the boost. He's only 15 or 16 years old. And wait, how old is he actually? 24. Oh, okay. So Jacob, when he (laughs) sent through to me his idea of what story he wanted to tell today, I was like, boring influences, what's interesting about it? And he said, Rosie, hold on, I'm going to double check the address here. He said, go to... um, At Troy Becker Insta. At Troy Becker Insta. Get out your phones. It's good for you to have a visual cue yeah. here. He said, go to Troy Becker Insta and tell me that it's not ridiculous that that is a 24-year-old man. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yes. <gasps> gas, 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 gas. Oh, yeah. No, that's a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. That is him cosplaying as a child. Mm. He trying looks to hook young. in young girls mm-hmm. as followers. He's he is beautiful. very pretty. Yes. Y- y- obvious chin implant. Mm-hmm. Okay, phones okay. away. <laughs> Plenty more time to go and do a deep dive later on. So this is when it did start to understandably disturb people that they were like, "You're." you're a man trying to pretend that you're a boy and the last time you got kicked off social media was for scamming children. We're not comfortable with this Mm, at all. So people were calling him out about it. They're like, buddy, you're not fooling anyone and this is not okay (laughs) at all. He kept selling it. He just started posting as Troy on all of Paul's accounts, always starting with it. It feels so weird to be posting here, but as you know, Paul wanted me to have his accounts and just a reminder, (laughs) I'm a totally different person called Troy and I'm only 16 years old and I'm an actor so if you want to hire me I'm available 
Mm-hmm. People started to get really angry at this point. And it's actually fantastic when you read the comments and people are explaining to him why they don't believe that they're two separate people. They had all of the receipts. They pointed out not only do you look identical, you have the same voice. You use the same emojis and make the same typos in all of your captions. Yeah. You haven't bothered to even get a haircut. <laughs> You're wearing the same earrings that you always wore as Paul. And also you both have the same birthmark on your left arm. We see what is going on here. It's so weird to me because it seems like he's 24. Mm -hmm. Like he must be stupid Mm -hmm. because like I, I remember there was a kid when I was in primary school who like was kind of a, a a chronic liar. Mm -hmm. And she turned up one day with a photo of, what was clearly herself, and mm-hmm. she was like, "Guys, I discovered yesterday I have a long lost twin." And she goes to a <laughs> she goes to a school in another suburb, and this is her. And we were all like, "That's you." And she's like, "No, it's my twin." And we were like, "No, that's you." And she really doubled down on this story. We were nine. Yeah. Like, so to her, that was a thing she thought she could get away with. Mm-hmm. But he is what do you say? Twenty four. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's. Okay. Yeah, people All right. were not accepting this. Look, make of this what you will. He was homeschooled. Oh. Now, no matter how much he... Wait, Sorry. anyone in the room? Okay, so let's okay, just go yeah. to town teasing them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> He's also the youngest of seven kids. So I, just, I don't know how good Weird a job religion, they probably. Yeah, I'm yeah thinking so. okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, people were telling him, dude, give it up, but he just ignored them and kept going and he kept making it worse and worse and worse. He started up fake fan accounts for Troy Becker that he was clearly monitoring himself. He started posting scenes from movies that Troy had been cast in, but those scenes were clearly filmed on a phone and they were using scripts that had been lifted from popular TV shows like 13 Reasons Why and they hadn't even changed the names of the character. They'd just stolen the dialogue and he thought this was going to convince people. That does kind of sound like some of the dorks we went to drama school with though. We won't mention any names, but we're thinking about exactly the same people, yes. Um, He wasn't even keeping a track of the lies that he was telling as he was telling them. He put out there that he had three different birthdays. He didn't even think to actually come up with one bio that he was just going to stick to in all of his stories. (laughs) So this, it was offensive to people while at the same time being hilarious. He kept it up for four months. He really thought it was going to work. His undoing came when the media found out about it and journalists actually started writing stories about this ridiculous idiot who thought that he was convincing (laughs) the world that he was a totally different 16-year-old person. So at that point, he realised, okay, the jig's up. Once again, he just went to ground, deleted everything from all of his accounts. Of course, there were many, many screenshots out there, so he was not able to erase any of that stuff. And if you want to go see it, it's available (laughs) to you and it's excellent. He didn't stay hidden for long, though. He made his next comeback in March of 2020. And this is probably why you haven't heard about this, because there was something else going on (laughs) around that time Mm. in 2020 that probably drowned this out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He posted a bunch of videos that are very much in the breaking my silence style genre (laughs) that is really trending these days with influencers. And you can imagine exactly how it started. Uh, You guys know... 
that I'm not about the drama mm-hmm. and I'm never one to get involved in rumours, but there's too much BS circulating around there. Mm. Positive and vibes only. Yes, I'm here to inspire people mm. and I really don't care if you want to keep telling lies about me, but I know my truth and I know who I am. So <laughs> here's the truth, yeah. <laughs> and again, you you want to see these because they're just <laughs> they're delusion. Now, he confesses in these videos, coming forward with the truth. His real name is Troy Becker and Paul Zimmer was a character that he created and Paul Zimmer had never actually existed, which at first people were like, what? Have we had this the wrong way around the entire time? He's a genius? And then, of course, a couple of people did some quick internet searches and found out he had changed his name legally a few months earlier to Troy (laughs) Becker. (laughs) So he wasn't technically lying when he said that. He just left a bit of the truth out. Also, when he said that Paul Zimmer had never existed, that was technically true as well because his name the entire time had been Paul Gatowski playing the character of Paul Zimmer. So, again, technically not a lie. Right. The lies he did continue to tell were saying that he'd never scammed anyone. Bullshit. He was yeah. still trying to scam people there and then. And also reiterating that he was 16 years old. He really tried to stick no, to that narrative. No, he doubles down on that. Yes, that is what he really stuck to. Even when people were pointing out to him, that would mean you were 10 when you started playing Paul Zimmer, who was 19 on YouTube. And he just sort of went, yep. Yeah. So he was basically like the Mozart of TikTok. He was literally a child prodigy of social media. Look at my range. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It then got really weird when in one of those videos, he ended the video by introducing his wife and child. (laughs) (laughs) But he's 16. 16. And just say, what of it? It's legal. I can be if I want to be. It was so messed up. There was no logic applied to any of this whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So people were really, really grossed out by what it was that he was trying to pull here. He then just went on with what he considered to be his new business venture, which was posting comedy videos on TikTok. And they are all eye-wateringly bad and criminally unfunny, but so worth watching for you guys (laughs) at some point. He has the worst sense of humour. He wasn't responding to any of the comments that were coming through from people, but he obviously was seeing them, so he decided he had to do one more thing to try to put all this nonsense to bed so that he could move on with his lucrative acting and comedy career. He launched a website for himself, troybecker.com. You're all going to have to go and check it out. It is such a good read, especially the section that is dedicated to the Paul Troy saga. And he's tried to make it seem in that that an investigative journalist. That's a tough one. mm, Investigative. Really is, especially. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone try it. Investigative. Oh, okay, f*** off. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) In Adelaide, we say dance and prance and investigative. (laughs) Um, uh, He made it seem like a journalist had reached out to Troy to finally get the truth. What he failed to do, though, in writing this was actually remember to stick to writing in third person. So he keeps reverting to accidentally (laughs) writing in first person. It's riddled with typos and formatting errors. 
And when you read it, you will see that, first of all, he puts the blame on the audience and says it's their fault that they couldn't remember that there's a difference between a character and an actor. They were the ones who got confused between Troy and Paul. Mm -hmm. I can't be held responsible Mm. for that. He just forgets that people have a record of all of the stuff that he posted Mm. where he's (laughs) there claiming that he's two different people. Then a little bit further down, he just switches lanes and says, what actually happened was I was in a group chat with some of my friends and they asked me just for a joke to post these videos and pictures where I was saying that I was two different people. And I was like, yeah, okay, that'll be funny. And then they hacked into all of my social media accounts and they locked me out of it. And they were the ones who were posting it all to try to make me look bad. But I don't want to be involved in any drama. None whatsoever. So I just cut all of those people out of my life. I don't know who did it. But it was one of them and I just cancelled them all and I'll never speak to them ever again. Then towards the end of the article, he paints the picture of a world where his millions of fans that he still has have all just accepted his explanation and moved on. And now he's so happy that he's put the drama and the rumours behind him so that he can just get on with his true passion, which is acting. Acting, of course. It is amazing when you read it. When you go to the website, you will see that at some point in 2020, I don't know when he did it with no fanfare. Thank goodness he did actually age himself up and has listed his age as 20 years old now. Oh, but... He's actually 25, but at least he's not (laughs) pretending to be a child who is also a father. Um, Anyway, he did finally get cast in something just last month. So I'll end on this, yes. 2021. 2021, February 2021, just a matter of weeks ago. I'm glad I waited until now to tell this story so that I can let you know that he was cast in a really shitty video on YouTube. But it has had more than 10 million views. It's a very small part. The guy who makes these videos, his name is Man, and he makes these sort of inspiration. Oh, oh, we've had a gas. Uh, yes. No, you don't like it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cringe. So cringy. But for Paul slash Troy, this was his dream role. He got to play a popular high school student. (laughs) And that is just the gist of Paul Zimmer, (laughs) Troy Decker, Troll Bimmer, Bingo Ling Fucker. Amazing. Yes. You all need to check out Paul Zimmer Conspiracies when you go home. Set aside a good hour and a half and go through every single post. I just want to put him and Anna Delvey in a room and Mm. say, out weird each other. Yeah. (laughs) See what happens. Who's the biggest narcissist? Yes. It's my most, like, favourite fascinating subject when people lie so much they believe their own lies. Mm -hmm. I'm so, it's like, maybe because of my mother, it's like my most, thing that I'm obsessed with. Mm -hmm. How? How does it work? The Mm. mechanics of the brain. I love it. And to then just like transfer that onto other people and go, if I believe this, you will too. Yes. Just give me five minutes. I've convinced myself so I can convince you. Delusions are powerful. (sighs) Weird. Mm. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was good. Well done. Yay. All right. Well, it's your turn to relax. Yeehaw. And I'll do my, hold on, God. I really should have done that thing where you turn off the um, password. Hold on. Three. Oh, wait. (laughs) By the way, I promise I will keep you updated on Paul Zimmer. You know I'm going to be monitoring this. I'll have Google (laughs) alerts set up. You keep track of that and I'll keep track of the penis on the arm guy. (laughs) And together 
they will be informed of the most important news going. <laughs> All right. I will be giving you guys just the gist of the disappearance of a little boy called Bobby Dunbar. <gasps> Has anyone heard of this? One or Give two? Give a woo. Uh, I heard a yes. Little, Give a woo. Little woos. There's yeah, a hand. There's, a, there's one little woo. Okay. Okay, so this story of Bobby Dunbar, for those of you who haven't heard of it, you may have seen a movie called Changeling with Angelina Jolie. Changeling is based on the story of Bobby Dunbar. Okay, so let me set the scene for you. This is something you'll all be familiar with. August 23rd, 1912. The Titanic sunk. (laughs) Mere months earlier. Shall we just take a break and talk about that for a bit? (laughs) No? Oh, okay. Bobby Dunbar, he's four years old. Um, His family are on a little fishing trip and staying in a wood cabin in a place called uh, Swayze Lake in Louisiana. In the south, south, in the deep south. Um, We we got a message, what was it, a week ago? It was while I was here in Adelaide. Yeah, Yeah. recently. We got a message from this woman who, so we've done a few stories um, set in the deep south. Mm -hmm. I, I guess they just... Weird shit happens there. But for whatever reason, we got a message from this woman saying, love the podcast, big fan in the US. Um, But I just want you guys to know that, like, it's really offensive the way you keep referring to people in the South as stupid. And we were like, don't think we've ever done that. Like, we do the accent. Like, so when stories come up in the South, we're like, Mississippi, Louisiana, like, if you think your accent sounds stupid, then... <laughs> you're hearing what you're hearing. That's it might on, not be what we're saying. Is it not? Mm. I mean, that's what I think. And, like, she sent through... What was the meme she sent through with it? Oh, it said, um, make yourself sound stupid. You just did a southern accent, didn't you? That's totally inappropriate and offensive to my heritage and my culture and blah, blah, blah. Right. And we were like, okay, but also that's very US-centric. Mm. Like if, if you did that in Australia, it'd be like make yourself sound stupid and you'd do it and then you'd be like, what accent did you just do? And you'd be like, <laughs> North Adelaide or like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, you you do, like, a bogan. Like, come on. I grew up in the Sydney equivalent of that place, so I'm allowed to joke. <laughs> but, like, you do that. Mm. And also I think she's quite fixed in the American mindset because if you did that meme internationally and you sent it to anyone in the world and said, make yourself sound stupid, and then it would be, you just did an Aussie accent, didn't you? Mm. Like, it'd be us. Yes. So I just found it really funny that she assumed that we, as randoms in Australia, understood that doing a southern accent was a f- like what? Anyway, she was triggered. She was triggered. We're not Look. saying that people in the south are stupid, but we will just point a couple of things out. Firstly, <laughs> what are you going to point out? What are you going to point out? That's where they love to teach creationism it's in true. schools That's true. to children. Mm-hmm. Mostly in the South. Also, oh, that, you guys didn't like. What's going on? <laughs> we got. Oh, oh, right answer. Well, the opposite to the theory of evolution. So it's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you Literally go. Literally teaching them that the Loch Ness monster exists and is proof that dinosaurs were created at the same time as mankind when God created the Earth. In Creationism seven days. is like we lived with dinosaurs. 
And God created us, what, 8,000 years ago mm. and, yeah. 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 So that's, that's a signifier. That's on the school syllabus. Mm-hmm. Um, the southern there. states are also the ones where they're constantly having debates over whether or not it should be legal to go noodling. Is anyone familiar with noodling? What is noodling? Noodling. Did someone just say yes? No. Oh. It is not Incorrect. when you go pan for gold. I th- okay, I have this fantasy in my mind that you are really shy and that, like, it, it, you've never answered a question in class in your whole life. You would never in your life dream of calling something out at a show and then you come here and you feel supported, you're around gistners, you're around us and you yell out an answer and the most judgmental gay man in the world looks at you and goes, no, and you will never speak out loud again. You bitch. But no, you are wrong. You are very incorrect. (laughs) This is, I'm not talking about your type of noodling that you do here in Adelaide. Um, (laughs) The type of noodling that I'm talking about is when you go into a river, so similarities there, and you feel along the side of the riverbank until you come across the like burrowy hole thing where catfish go in to breed. You shove your hand in there and you agitate that catfish until it bites down in your hand and then you yank it out and you've got a fish. No, but... (laughs) (laughs) So their hand is like the hook and the bait to catch a fish. Mm -hmm. That's right. See... That sounds stupid. <laughs> Especially because many people lose digits and lose yes. their lives because catfish can become enormous and the catfish can essentially just drag the hillbilly into the burrow. Ah, uh, Jacob, we're not <coughs> saying outwardly that they're stupid. <laughs> we are merely telling stories to lead them to come to their own conclusions. We're just putting facts on the table. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the debate rages on. So they get, they put their hand into a, so the fish bites them. Mm-hmm. Does it have sharp teeth? Yeah. Uh, okay, and so, okay, and so then do they lose the tug of war and drown, maybe? Mm, yeah. Sounds stupid. Catfish no can, offense, email Karen, but. Catfish can weigh like 100 kilograms. So yeah, if you, see? yeah, enormous. Okay. Plus, like, there's issues with snapping turtles and alligators, and so it's hazardous. So that's why they say we need to make this illegal, even though there are people who make the counter argument is it a big loss? If we're. <laughs> Darwinism, no. Yeah, the Darwin Awards <laughs> exist for a reason. Um, but the main main issue is they're destroying habitats by mm. going around just fisting riverbanks <laughs> willy-nilly. So. Uh, listen, <laughs> so I just don't know how she could get from the way we talk about people in the South that we think they're stupid. It's a leap. It's a leap. <laughs> We're confused. Okay, anyway, so maybe let's email her back. <laughs> we'll just send her this audio. Yeah, we'll send her this audio. So, okay, they're, they're there in this cabin in the woods. They're there with Percy Dunbar is little Bobby Dunbar's dad. His mum is Lassie Dunbar and his little brother is Alonzo. So Bobby's four and Alonzo's two. And there's also a bunch of other family there, lots of cousins, lots of extended family, lots of friends. It's kind of like how... Um, 
I don't know, you go to a you go to a, like a, a beach house together. Like in the in New South Wales, we go to like the sunny coast mm-hmm. with all your fam bam, like and which I don't know what the equivalent of that is here. What's Central Coast Think in coastal Adelaide? Caravan parks. Victor Harbour. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Going on a big family to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so at one point on the trip, little Bobby Dunbar and his brother Alonzo go with a friend of the family called Paul, who's a grown up, to like down to like further down the river to shoot a bunch of fish in mm-hmm. the river or whatever they do back then for fun. A, yeah. <laughs> fisting, fisting holes, noodling, noodling, noodling. noodling. And um, they, a bunch of the kids go, so it's like all kind of the kids that are part of the group all go with this guy Paul and they go have fun down the river for a while. And a couple hours later they wander back up to the log cabin and um, Paul has little Alonzo on his shoulders and there's all these kids running around so he's kind of distracted. And when they get back to the log cabin they realise Bobby's not there. Mm-hmm. Bobby's just not with them. Um, home alone moment. Home alone moment. Like mm. head count. <gasps> Come on, mm. Bobby. Like, which I get. I mean, I once was literally left in charge of looking after my nephew Muhammad when he was three years old for two minutes and he got into an elevator without me and it was an elevator leading to a car park. So then he just ran into a car park with lots of cars. <laughs> so I, and that was one kid. So <laughs> I get that this Paul guy had a bunch of kids around and it was a, it was a, it was stressful. Mm-hmm. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. So everyone immediately runs back sort of down the path into the woods, looking, looking around the river. There's no trace of Bobby anywhere. And he's just completely gone. And the, the Dunbars are quite a well-to-do family. Um, they're like quite, you know, church-going people and quite important in the town they're from. And so, and plus he's like little white kids. So the police are like, we're on it. Mm. And so the police come in <laughs> straight away. And that night they're putting these heavy chains through the river to try and like, I guess that's in 1912, that was the height of technology. If the mm-hmm. chain knocks into something, it could be a body. Like, so that's what they did. The next day... 500 people from surrounding towns come to, like, look in the woods to try and find him, but they just cannot find anything. Like, four-year-old Bobby Dunbar disappeared completely, completely gone. Um, His mum, Lessie, just gets so sick with, like, shock and grief. Mm -hmm. She's, like, fainting everywhere and so they're like, we need to take her home. Mm -hmm. So Percy takes the mum, Lessie, and the little brother, Alonzo, back to their house in Opelousas, but a bunch of people stay in the woods for like three weeks mm-hmm. looking, just looking, looking, looking everywhere because they were like, there's a lot of alligators around here. There's a lot of wild animals. We may, like, we'll find something, a bit of clothing, maybe his body, something. But after weeks, what were you going to say? It's just that catfish. Yes. <laughs> maybe he got noodled. <gasps> mm. He got noodled. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just solved it. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he got noodled. I didn't even think of that. So they look and look and look. They don't find any body or anything. And then because there is literally just no physical trace of him and they're like, that is impossible. How is there nothing of him? Mm-hmm. And he was only gone for like 20 minutes between when Paul saw him and when they all started looking. And so then they were like, okay, well, maybe he was kidnapped. And I think I get the urge to do that. You don't want him to be dead. So you're like, even if he was kidnapped, that means he's alive. Mm. And so they start assuming that maybe 
like there's – so there's a lot of people around, I guess they're like hobos. like Vagrants. <laughs> va- like, okay, so 1912 – there's a lot of men, like the kinds who have like a stick and their stuff in a red hanky tied to the end of the stick, <laughs> like with overalls and a bit of, what do you call it? Wheat in their mouth, mm. chewing it. You can see how much of her education came from cartoons, yeah. can't you? <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a lot of dudes like this back then who, um, I guess it would be our homeless population today, but mm-hmm. back then they would go from town to town farm to farm, asking if there's any work available. Mm -hmm. They would, um, like, uh, jump onto trains without paying to get to places. They would also, in the river in the south, like that runs, like the Mississippi River, they'd Mm -hmm. have little boats and they'd maybe row up and down the river going to different places. And so Bobby's family started thinking, well, I bet one of these men Mm -hmm. stole Bobby. And so they become convinced he's been kidnapped and Bobby's dad, Percy Dunbar, goes into the closest like major city, which is New Orleans, and he starts speaking to all the press and handing out like thousands of flyers and like talking to every major journalist from every major newspaper in the country. And so Bobby Dunbar's picture pretty much gets on the front page of every major newspaper in the country. Everybody knows what he looks like. Everybody knows what happened. The country becomes obsessed with the story. Um, and then the people of Opelousas um, pull all their money and put together a, thir- uh, a $1,000 reward, which today would be $30,000. So it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But after a few months, there's still nothing. So everybody kind of gets their money back. They decide to pull the reward because they start to think or maybe he is just gone, maybe Mm -hmm. he's dead. But because of the major kind of media spectacle they've made of the whole thing, everybody knows what Bobby Dunbar looks like. And about eight months after he originally went missing, Mm -hmm. a message comes through from a town in Mississippi a few hours away and they say, look, there's this strange man who was here, one of the men with the stick and the hanky, Mm -hmm. and he had a kid with him and he wasn't being very nice to this kid and it didn't seem like the kid liked him very much and we felt like it was a bit weird, so we did a citizen's arrest (laughs) and we separated him and Bobby uh, well, him and the kid who we think is Bobby. Mm-hmm. And, like, we think maybe we should, like, get the police in here and do some interviews because we're convinced from the pictures we've seen of Bobby mm-hmm. that it's Bobby. And so the police go and talk to him and he's like, my name is William Walters and he has all these weird excuses about where this kid came from. He's like, oh, it's my it's my kid. Oh, no, it's it's my friend's kid. Oh, it's a friend of the family who's traveling with me and and so the police are like this is dodgy we don't like you hanky man we're gonna get bobby's parents to come out here and look at this kid to see whether or not it is bobby dunbar so he sounds really dodgy he does sound dodgy. he he's a random man with a little kid yeah you can understand like why they decided we have to do something to intervene yeah. here. And, and apparently he was being quite violent with him. He was, like, whipping him and, like, being awful. And so they were like, it doesn't seem like you're his dad. Uh-huh. Something seems off here. Mm-hmm. And so they, the police get um, Lessie and Percy Dunbar to come into the town to see if they recognise that it's Bobby. Mm-hmm. And so Lessie kind of goes up to him and they both look at each other and Bobby seems, con- like, 
like he's excited. He's like, mom, mom, mom. And there had also been a lot of um, identifying markers of Bobby that they'd put out on all the flyers. Like he has a scar on his toe from when he burned his foot when he was little and he has a freckle right in the centre of his neck that's quite hard to miss and he has a birthmark near his ear. And so the townspeople were like, oh, we sort of tried to look for those markers but he's really dirty and we couldn't like... (laughs) From the noodling. Yeah, I guess, like <laughs> covered in mud or whatever. So we didn't know, but we figured his mum would know. And so Lessie's kind of looking at him and she's like, oh, I, I can't tell, but this Bobby seems to think it's his mum. Um, but she gets a bit weird and overwhelmed. And so she goes, she's like, I need to get away for a night. So they go away for a night. And then the next day she's like, give me another look at him. <laughs> Let me have another once over. <laughs> And so they say, okay, she goes, can I give him a bath? And they're like, sure, lady, who might not know him. (laughs) (laughs) And so they put her in a room with Bobby Dunbar and she gives him a bath and it's while she's giving him the bath that she sees the scar on his toe and the freckle and the thing. And it's been eight months, so I'm like, okay, it feels weird that a woman wouldn't recognise her kid, but also my sister has 5,000 children and if they were dirty and I don't, like, I don't know, I'd be, and I hadn't seen them in a while, maybe, and kids grow a lot when they're little. Mm. And also you have to remember, like, we see kids now every day. Like, we are on Instagram where, like, my sister posts stuff, sends me pictures of the kids, sends me videos. I FaceTime them every day, like my nieces and nephew, Like... They would probably have, if none, maybe one photo of Bobby Mm. and, like, he's been gone for the better part of a year. They're not seeing him all the time. I think it's just a different mindset. Plus she's been through a huge amount of trauma. She's lost her son. She doesn't know what's going on. She's probably wanting to see something in him as well. This is a possibility. She doesn't recognise him the first day, but when she gives him a bath, she's like, it's him, it's my son. She starts crying. She is like, I found him. It's Bobby, it's Bobby. And Bobby's like, yes, it's me. And so everyone's really excited. We found him, it's Bobby. And here's where William Walters, the guy they found him with, is like, wait, 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 (laughs) wait. Because the um, punishment for kidnapping was either the death penalty or life in prison. So Mm. he's like, I'm... Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, that is not Bobby Dunbar. That kid is like the kid of my brother because my brother stooped this lady. And and um, I also, <laughs> for a long time, if you're a <laughs> podcast listener, you know that I thought stooped meant kill someone, <laughs> which made for a lot of confusing <laughs> conversations. But stooped means like... <laughs> I love how you do that. Like, you know what a penis in a vagina is. You don't know. I've heard rumours. He's a... Jacob is quite proudly what is called a platinum gay. Do you guys know what this is? So Jacob's mother had a C-section which when he was born, which means Jacob has technically never in his life once come into contact with a vagina. I don't like to brag, so, but it is true. A gold, a gold gay guy is one who's never touched a vagina except for when he was on born. On the way out of one. On the way out. You are a platinum gay. Mm-hmm. See, but what Jacob doesn't like to tell you is that he has come in 
in contact with a vagina one time. Without my consent, so it does not count. And it was mine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he could very easily me to me for this. I might still. (laughs) But when we were, what, 1920? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. couple of years ago, um, we were watching a, a Shakespeare at Coogee Beach in Sydney and after the play was over, we decided, because we'd been drinking throughout, <laughs> not unlike this, <laughs> and after the play was over, we decided we were tipsy enough to run down to the beach and go skinny dipping. And so we ran down there and our friend Tony was with us and we were ripping off our clothes and we jumped in the water. And then for some reason, because I was a bit shit-faced, I thought it was really funny to keep trying to jump on Jacob's back and rub my vag up against him. And like, and because I like had all my pubes, I'd be like, ha ha, here's my pubes. And I like had my arm and he was like, get off me. And I was like, ha ha ha. So technically you have had, if you want to get really like literal about it, my labia majora, minora and clitoris and pubes and fat up a pussy area rubbed up against you. I thought I was triggered 20 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, because there's a lot of feminists who are like, don't just call it a vagina. <laughs> so I just gave you the technical terms and all of those things have touched your body. Okay, two things. You're not allowed to downgrade me from platinum status <laughs> well, okay. to gold status. Okay. What's your second thing? The second thing is, does anyone know a good lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) All I will say is, okay, look, you're certainly above gold. Mm. You may be a step below platinum. You know, no one needed to hear this in public (laughs) forum. No one needed to know. And also we're over time. Let's get on with it. Okay, so William Walters is like my brother stooped this lady Mm -hmm. and um, she's a single mom and so like she was having trouble looking after this kid and she said will you take him for a while and I said sure I'm on the road working I'll take him. Do we know why he didn't just tell the truth from the beginning? I don't know I mean I yeah no they never really explained that they were just like he got nervous and I think maybe also because like a child out of wedlock his brother had illegitimately slept with a woman they weren't married that kind of thing. All right. It's just the gist, Jesus. Mm. Don't ask me for details. And so the police are like, "Mm, you know what? You are a weird man with your stuff, you know, in a hanky on a stick. And they are a really nice, respectful family who go to church every week. Mm. So we're kind of going to believe them. And so they throw William Walters in jail Mm. and they give this boy to the Dunbars and the boy's like, yes, it's my parents. And the parents are like, yes, it's Bobby. And they take him home. And Opelousas, the town, is so excited because he had been missing for now it's been like nine months. And um, they, they get there and there's this massive parade. Like they have a fair, they have rides. Like all the nation's press is there. Um, they give him a pony. <laughs> like it is like, you know, if he's Bobby or not at this point, he's like, yes, thanks, I'm into this. Like, because they are basically throwing a party in his honour. 
And because it becomes this national news story and pictures of him, you can Google it now, pictures of him at this parade are Mm. printed in every newspaper across the country. A woman called Julia Anderson reads about it and she's like, hold up, that's my kid who I gave to the friend of my brother of, wait, wait, let me get this right, who I gave to the brother of the guy I stooped to take care of. And she's like, that's my son, Bruce. And so she doesn't know what to do. And she, yeah, it's her son, Bruce. Why are you laughing at the name Bruce? It's a perfectly respectable name. Just doesn't seem very Southern. Oh, Bruce. If you say it like that. Okay. Bruce. There we go. If you say it in a stupid way, (laughs) that lady's going to hate us. That lady's going to hate us. (laughs) So... She's like, that's my son Bruce in the paper who I thought was travelling with this guy. Mm. And so she sort of um, starts telling people but nobody believes her because she's a single mother. People speculate that she was maybe a sex worker, um, which nothing wrong with that, but Mm. back then it was a big deal. She'd had other kids to different men who had um, she had given away. Um, and so people were like, you know, F you. You gave your kid to a random and you don't even know where your other kids are. Like, even if he is yours, maybe he's better off with the Dunbars. Like, shut yeah, up. What would become of him if we gave him to yes. you? Yes. Yeah. But there's a journalist who is like, okay, whether or not it is hers it's a big story. Like what if little Bobby Dunbar, the kid that the country was obsessed with, the kid who got returned miraculously after eight months to fanfare, what if it's not actually him? And so this journalist fly, flies <laughs> trains. They didn't have planes then. Uh, yes, this journalist I... takes her mm. to Opelousas to meet Bobby Dunbar mm-hmm. to check if it is Bobby Dunbar or if it is her son, Bruce Anderson. They get to Opelousas and the town is very suspicious of her because they're so invested in this story. Like they love that little Bobby went missing mm. and then they found him and they threw a parade and they gave him a pony and they're like, we are happy with the way this story ended. We don't like this lady. Go away. Mm-hmm. But they're like, okay, we'll let you meet him. So she goes into a room with him and she's like, oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) But, but for her it had been even longer because if you count the amount of time she'd given the kid to this guy, Mm. she hadn't seen Bobby or this kid, Bruce, Mm. in almost two years. Mm -hmm. And kids grow. So that means he's now almost five. So she hasn't seen him since he was three. Mm -hmm. Kids grow a lot. Mm -hmm. Is all I'm saying. Look, I barely make the effort to get to know my friends' kids' names, let alone what they look like. So I can fully relate. I do just – I understand what you're saying, but I still am just flabbergasted at the thought of a mother going – Well, here's the thing, though. When they put him in a room with um, Lessie Dunbar, he immediately was like, mummy, mummy, mummy. When they put him in a room with um, Julia Anderson, he looked at her like, I don't know who you are. And so people in the town were like, you're lying. You're just trying to capitalise on what is a very famous news story. There may be money in this for you. Mm. Like, he doesn't recognise you. Go away. And she's like, "Mm, okay, yeah, he also looks a bit weird to me. I'm not sure. She spends the night in a hotel and the next day she's like, can I get another look at him? (laughs) And they're like, okay. And so she goes into a room with him and she gives him an orange 
and he's eating the orange and he kind of relaxes and they start talking. And at some point she's like, the exact way he's eating that orange has triggered something in my mind. (laughs) She's like, it's my son. It's Bruce. It's Bruce. And so she starts saying, it's Bruce. It's Bruce. It's my son. Um, But the kid is like, no, I'm not your son. And everyone kind of just treats her like a crazy lady. And the journalist who went with her wrote up the story basically saying this crazy woman insisted this was her son, Bruce, but it's not, it's Bobby and whatever. And they ask her to leave and she, like, says, no, it's my son, I want custody of him. And they, the Dunbars are pretty much like, we have money, we have respect, you are a nobody, if this goes to court, you can't afford it. And she's like, yeah, I I can't. And so she just kind of slinks away. That's sad. Yeah, and they get given custody of Bobby and he becomes officially... Bobby Dunbar, mm-hmm. and she kind of disappears back to her town. Um, William Walters then, the guy that this kid was found with, is charged with kidnapping because if it had been Bruce Anderson, mm-hmm. it would have been true that the mother had handed him over willingly, but when they decided it was Bobby Dunbar, they were like, life in prison, you're mm-hmm. effed. But then the weird thing was there was a technicality on appeal and a couple years later it was like called a mistrial and they were going to have another trial. But the lawyers were like, "Mm, actually, we don't know if it's Bobby or if it's his other kid. So (laughs) how about we just let you go and none of us say anything about this ever again. So they just let William Walters go. But he does seem kind of dodgy to me. And also Bobby Dunbar or the kid who they say is Bobby Dunbar said that when he was with this man, um, he remembers other little boys being there who disappeared mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what happened to them. So William Walters is dodgy no matter what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And he just disappeared into the sunset. Yeah, he just got free and left okay. into the sunset. So Bobby Dunbar lives out the rest of his life as Bobby Dunbar mm-hmm. and he always insists that he is Bobby. He's like, no, I'm Bobby. I remember being Bobby. I remember like... Lake Swayze, I remember the log cabin, I remember all of it. I wish everyone would stop asking me about this. I went through eight months of hell with this man, but I am Bobby. But, you know, a lot of people think that maybe he wasn't. He went on to have live in Opelousa his whole life. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of kids, he had a lot of grandkids, always insisting to them that he was Bobby Dunbar. But Julia Anderson spent her whole life saying, Her son had been taken from her. The Dunbars had kidnapped her son. They were rich. They had money. Mm -hmm. Um, She couldn't afford the court case. If she had gone to court, it would have been proven that he wasn't Bobby. He was Bruce. Her whole family grew up saying, we had this kid called Bobby who was taken from us and he was kidnapped and the Dunbars are terrible people. And um, It's tragic if it's true. It's uh, well, so tragic if that's but true. But also he insists that it wasn't. Mm. And so he says he can remember that he's Bobby. The Dunbar family go on to become even more well-respected as time goes on. They end up in like local politics. They're mayors. They're on the council of their town. So they're quite influential. And so the direct descendants of Bobby don't want to know if it's not true. Mm. They're like, the Dunbar name is quite an important name to have in this area. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, like, we don't want to know. Yep. He's Bobby. That's all we need to know. Mm-hmm. Genetically, just, we are Dunbars. Yep. Shut up about it. <laughs> but there is um, one granddaughter in the Dunbar family who gets really obsessed with the story. 
and she's constantly asking Bobby about it throughout his life and he always gets really touchy with her about it. He's like, no, I'm Bobby, I'm Bobby. But she starts collecting like newspaper articles and stuff back from the time it all happened and she's researching it all. She's trying to get in touch with people from the Anderson family to see what they think about it. Bobby Dunbar dies quite, you know, after a very happy life, an old man. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite a while after he dies, I think a decade, even 15 years, DNA testing becomes a thing. <laughs> and this granddaughter is like, hoyo, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. And so she goes around to the Dunbar family and she's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to test it to mm-hmm. see. And none of them want her to do it. They're like, why are you doing this? Because, you know, it's, it's weird to them. I mean, some families care about that stuff. Like, mm. I, it, to me it's weird because my mum was adopted and so we have all my birth, my biological family and my adopted family. Me and all my sisters have different dads. None of that stuff ever mattered to us. To us, family is family. Mm. But I guess, like, to some people it's There'd important. Be, yeah, like, inheritance would be an issue for them, the legitimacy of... It's like the royal family, like... Yeah. Your, yeah. Mm. If it's not in your blood, then you're not one of us. Exactly. Like yes. that weird saying they have, that thing, that meme that was going around recently and it was like, what's something that when rich people do it, it's considered classy, but when poor people do it, it's bad. And someone said, marrying your cousin. Bingo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Keeping it in the bloodline, right? I keep thinking of um, the royals as well because of the questions around Harry's paternity. Now, for both Harry and for Bobby, I'm kind of like, look, you are who you grow up with. That family, the people who you spend your time around, doesn't matter biologically whether you actually share the same DNA. See, that's what I think too, but it does to them. Yeah, it does to them, does to the Dunbar family, Mm. does to the royal family. So, so when just hide yeah. the truth. So when this granddaughter was like, I'm going to test the DNA, a lot of the family were like, we don't want to know because mm. it would be really upsetting to them to find out they're not actually Dunbar's. But she's like, F all y'all. <laughs> How could you not want to know this? And so she goes to Bobby's little brother Alonzo and she tests Alonzo's son's DNA, which is the best match. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Straw poll. Yes. Give a quick whoop if you think that Bobby was Bobby. <laughs> Give a whoop if you think Bobby was Bruce. All right, shall we Mori Povich this? <clears throat> the DNA test has come back and the DNA says Bobby Dunbar is Bobby Dunbar. No, I'm totally kidding. He's not. (laughs) He's not. (laughs) Okay, so, so, the test comes back and says Bobby Dunbar is not Bobby Dunbar. He's not related to the Dunbars in any way. But there was nobody in the Anderson family that they could do a DNA match with. So while they do know that Bobby Dunbar is definitely not Bobby Dunbar, they don't know if he is in fact Bruce Anderson. Mm -hmm. They just know that he's a random kid who got really psyched that he got a pony. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's all they know. Who can blame him? Now the one thing I will add to this as a kind of, little, what do you call it, epilogue, Mm. 
Um, This American Life did a whole series on this back in 2008. It's about four episodes long. I really recommend you go and listen to it. And in that, they interview a lot of descendants of both the Dunbar family and the Anderson family. And a lot of Andersons say that throughout their lives growing up, a man just appeared where they worked or around where they were. So one woman who was an Anderson was a waitress in a diner Mm. and one day this man came in and he asked her if her last name was Anderson and she said yes and he started asking her about her life. He started asking her, you know, oh, um, are you happy? Is your family happy? How are things? And when the DNA test happened and it became a big story in 2008, she looked at the photos and she said, the man who came to see me was Bobby Dunbar. And there was a couple of other people in the Anderson family who said the same thing, that this man came and talked to them and was asking them questions about their family. And so it turns out that Bobby Dunbar, I don't know if he remembered from being, but he tracked down members of the Anderson family over the years and went to talk to them to find out how their lives were and if they were happy. Mm. So it sounds like maybe he knew he was an Anderson, but he was like, they gave me a pony. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) And he wants to just sort of like check in on how bad his life could have been. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, financially, I will say that the Dunbars were far more privileged than the Andersons, but Mm. that doesn't mean... Happier. Happier. Mm. I mean, who knows? But it's interesting to me that he insisted to his granddaughter, I'm a Dunbar, I'm a Dunbar, stop this. I Mm. remember being Bobby, but secretly on his own, Mm -hmm. he... Oh, went the and visited would them. be overwhelming if you always had that ambiguity. Yeah. So that is just the gist of the mysterious disappearance of little Bobby Dunbar. <laughs> and that's it. That's just the gist live. That's our show. Listener.